0: Hello and welcome to Angel's Costumes Behind the Seams. I'm Jeremy
1: Angel.
2: I'm Jonathan Littman.
1: And I'm Richard Green. This interview today is my interview with Annie Hardinge. Following on from Matt Lucas, who said very nice things about her, and why not, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to get Annie as well. So so this is Annie's interview.
0: I think it's amazing if you look at Annie's, the bio, and also look at the the IMDb page. I don't think I personally realise just how many british tv comedies annie had worked on and productions some of the productions it's just incredible what she's worked on
2: she's often considered to be the go-to person when it comes to creating characters character costume via narrative
1: yeah and and you're right jeremy you know it's, it's like a who's who of british comedy for the last sort of 20, 30 years and you keep seeing you know, you keep seeing the same people appearing, sort of almost guesting in different things, so on extras there are people guesting and there's, you know it, it just, it, it, it's quite an amazing quite an amazing um, CV really
0: No it really is and some of the the, the productions are, and, and not just the comedy stuff, some of the other things that she's worked on is is, is nice and it's, um, it's well, the, just BBC, con-
2: the BBC yeah. connection is very important I
0: think that that that's a really good, th- a really big thing, which I think is coming through, and I think that's maybe something for us to look at in the later date. Just how important the BBC has been for some of the most established designers we have today,
2: as a training ground and as an opportunity mm. to practice their craft within a very. Protect a very structured but also very protected environment. Yes, yeah,
1: supportive,
2: I think, possibly rather
1: than protected. But yeah, you know, there was a whole. And I think I can't remember who it was now, but there was somebody made a whole point about just the number of staff that they had, the number of dressers and the number of of assistants and things. And yeah, every every ex member of BBC. that I, I say
2: to, yeah, and when I say protected, I mean within that, you know, without naming names, there were some shockers as well as some. Amazing people. <laughs>
0: No, there certainly. We don't name names here. We don't name names
1: there. There
2: certainly um, were
1: some shockers. There were some scary ones there who, was hung
2: some, on, who, some... who hung on and clung on for grim life because they were because they were sort of protected within that massive organisation. Yes,
1: yes. In, in that in that sense, you're right. they they, they tended to look after their own. Yes,
0: But the the other thing which is (laughs) interesting, if you listen to some of the interviews, take Ray Holmans as an example, Ray didn't think he was ready to be a designer, but they thought he was. So that was it. You're designing this job and away you go. And that's what's going on. And it does seem from some of the other people that isn't just that didn't just happen with Ray. It's happened with a few other costume designers now. Mm. Um, And it's lovely to have that decision taken away from you, I suppose, for some people, if they don't think they're ready, but others do. The decision's been made for you and you're being dropped in with both feet and away you go, sir. Yeah. I know we we, we made the comment, the the queen of uh, British TV comedy costume and the sheer volume of what she's actually worked on. Yeah. But there is there is a point that when you get those sort of projects, the recognition that's seen outside of the industry for some of those projects is unfortunately...
1: Probably not what it deserves to be for someone like Annie. Well, I, I think probably the, it's 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 the Cinderella within the industry. I think outside the industry, the the people who actually watch these things, you know, love Blackadder, love Extras, love The Fast Show, love you know. I need to you know keep going on and on and on. Um, you know, yeah. Matt Lucas and David Williams work. It's 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 appreciated by the public. I think that. Uh, Within the industry, somehow it it is the sort of poor relation. It's not recognised as as a as an incredible body of work. You know, Annie's done forty years of of consistently good, realistic costume a mixture of TV with characters. Yeah, yeah, but because it's comedy, uh, inverted commas. Somehow, it's not the same as serious drama. Well, actually, as we all know, you know, you, comedy starts from a serious position, and then, you know makes it makes it extreme. Um, but the costumes aren't always extreme. They're very believable. The work she did on the Black Adder series, incredibly detailed. Even something like the IT
0: crowd. The IT yeah. crowd. She built. Yeah. I mean I, I suppose the only parallel you've got if you, you move away from the medium of TV and go into film is the superhero films. For years no one recognised the superhero film as being worth a nomination. And finally Black Panther broke Broke any of those that mold yeah. when it won yeah. for best costume, yeah. rightly so. Yeah. Um, but apart from special effects, maybe they never got recognised, and maybe this is actually it's a it's a far larger conversation that TV comedy is ignored when it comes to recognition for the work in costume. And that's aside from anything else with costume. I agree.
1: I mean, if, you know, I don't know whether people do collect autographs anymore, but if Annie Harding had an autograph (laughs) book, you know, every (laughs) single, every single person who who she'd worked with had signed it, it
0: would be worth a fortune. Yeah. But again, it's a case of, I think you, it's how you look at the work that she's done and you, it's, It's wrong for anyone, I suppose. Well, it's just TV. Well, it might just be TV, but I guarantee you in every single one of those TV series, you speak to anyone who's watched them. Speak to the IT crowd. Someone will tell you distinctly whether it's Richard Adawadi or one of the other characters, what he looked like, what he wore. Blackadder, you yeah. could describe Flashard from every single one, Percy from every single one. Uh, okay, we could go down the list, which is yeah. what we, we don't want to do, but you but you can, and it's not the royal family. You can describe the characters' costumes. Whether you, whether you whatever you thought about it, you could describe the costumes from Little Britain. You can describe mm-hmm. the the costumes from that Mitch and Webb look, the mighty Bush, it stands out and they're great. And for whatever reason, as you say, it's, it's crazy. She's got such, it's not right in that sense. She's got the recognition probably from her peers, but not on a, a wider industry. Yeah,
1: Yeah. And you know, if you think about worldwide sales of those, of those programs, you know, again, it's probably a massive revenue generator, uh, you know, I, I would hazard a guess that Black Adder is is sold to a lot of TV stations mm. abroad. And, you know, the same with all of these things. You know, they are they are important pieces of work, I think, and no less so because it happens to have a laugh.
0: Attached. Not exactly. And I think what people, whether people take this the wrong way or the right way, Annie, if you meet Annie and when you listen to the in- interview, Annie is not one for, if the right phrase is, navel-gazing. She's not going to look back at what she's done and go, I did that, wasn't I great? And nor would she, because that's not the sort of personality she is. However, we can definitely look back at the work yeah, that we've yeah. seen she's done and go, actually, it's wrong that it might not be recognised as much as it should be, because you have got someone who has created some iconic looks mm-hmm. and consistently done it, and which is another reason what makes the interview you're about to hear so fascinating when you hear how humble she is about talking about these projects so yeah. i'm i'm really glad you you sat down and talked
1: with her to to find out all her views yes and and i i do think she recognizes that you know she she'll be the first to say i've worked with almost all of them you know mm. and mm. almost generational you know because when she started it was with one group of actors or comedians and and you know she's moved on anyway yeah. very good and,
0: very nice.
1: And uh, a nice woman.
0: Well, we hope you've been enjoying these conversations. We definitely have been, and we've been enjoying your feedback. If you have any questions or queries for us, please email them to podcast at angels.co.uk. You can visit our website, which is www.angelsbehindtheseams.com or you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, forward slash Costume Podcast. And here is Richard's chat with Annie Hardinge.
1: Hello, my name is Richard Green, Production Director of Angels, and today I'm delighted to be talking to Annie Hardinge, best described possibly, and I've just made this up, as the Queen of Comedy Costume. Annie, hello.
3: Hello. Hi, Richard. How are you? Well,
1: I'm fine. Apart from the fact I should explain that it's taken us about 45 minutes to actually get connected so we can record this. <laughs> There's two people going, well, I don't know, and you going, I don't know either. But we're here, and I'm really glad yes. to be speaking to you. So. The purpose of this is to give people an insight into the various ways you can get into the business and, and people's experiences in the business so the first question is really a straightforward one how did you get into the business?
3: I, I'm i a fashion graduate I went to Edinburgh Art School and right. did a BA and I then did an MA at the Royal College of Art uh, so I was I when I did my degree show I got a a job in fashion based on my degree show straight away. Excellent. Different days I have to say, where you got a job straight away. Yes. And I was worked in fashion as a designer for a company called Sterling Cooper. Oh, I don't yes. know if you remember that far back. I
1: Sa- Sadly, I do, Annie. I've got. <laughs> yes. I think you and I are the same age, aren't we? Really? <clears throat> uh, I
3: worked as a, <laughs> uh, Yeah, a fashion designer for Sterling Cooper and a company called Reldan, uh, who were kind of really big in the day. De- back in the day, obviously, they've all gone under now. And I was not satisfied with being a fashion designer. For me, it just wasn't enough. Right. It, it didn't. There wasn't enough content there to keep me really occupied mentally mm. so I I'm, I've bumped into a friend one day who'd come down from Edinburgh and she said oh there's uh, someone's died at the BBC she said <laughs> in, I must explain in those days to get into the BBC it was dead men's shoes yes. someone had to literally Excellent. die or retire to get into that, um, you know, to get into the Beeb at that time. Uh, so um, she said, "Why don't you uh, get in touch uh, with personnel and just offer up, you know, just see if there's any job? Because obviously, in those days, when a designer left or died, they had to, they would make up an assistant to be a designer. So there was right. a kind of pecking order. Uh-huh. So that would leave uh, an ass- assistant." costume designer vacancy. So anyway, I just happened to get in touch with them at the right time and uh, went for an interview uh, and uh, got a job as a costume assistant. This was now, what, 1980?
1: And this was in those golden days, wasn't it? Went, went with the golden days where there were 50 or 60 staff or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, it was 80. 80 yeah. costume designers and about 80 assistants yeah. and hundreds of dressers. I I just sort of became, you, you were given a freelance, you know, you became almost like a, a three-month contract, got a three-month contract. And uh, it was extended uh, and got taken on permanently after a year. And then I think I was a costume assistant for about two and a half years, and then moved up to costume designer quite quickly um, because I took to it like a duck to water. I mean, compare the fact that you... You were so involved in a production, from reading the script to working with director, working uh, with team. It just appealed to me. It just, it was second nature. And it, it, was, it, was, it was, it was, it was a was perfect right.
1: fit for you, wasn't it? It was
3: perfect. The yeah. fact that it was not a nine-to-five job, I found that very difficult. You know, having to work in a nine-to-five environment, whereas we work as, you know it yourself. You know, you, we work. As and when suits us, really, as far as prep's concerned. And it's exciting because you never know what each day is going to bring. Mm. You know, we're problem solvers. Things get thrown at us and we have to solve the problems. So I I was lucky. I was made up to costume designer. The first thing I did was Doctor Who, Vengeance on Varos. Ah, right.
1: And which which doctor was that?
3: That was was Colin. Right. Colin, ah. Baker. Colin Baker, mm-hmm. yeah, and lovely man. Uh, mm. And so that was the my introduction to costume design was doing that. And my second job was Blackadder. Blackadder. <laughs> uh, so I was kind of thrown
1: in the deep end. That was was that Martin Shard Shardlow. Was, was Martin the director or was that, was that the first one? I can't remember now. I think that must have been the first one. Yeah,
3: it yeah. was Mandy, Mandy Fletcher. Right, was the, right, right, right. Uh, was the director of the Blackadder, the Elizabethan Blackadder, as we call it. Mm.
1: Yeah. And that was your second your second gig as costume designer at the BBC. That was the second thing I ever wow. did and because in those th- in those days you basically you were like gun for high. You had to do whatever they wanted you to do. So if they wanted oh, to yeah. you to put a yeah. quiz show, you do a quiz show. Yeah. So Yeah. We yeah.
3: didn't we didn't have a choice in those no. days. We were allocated to a production. It was way it was before producers' choice where right. producers direct. No one had a choice. You were given whoever was next on the rota. And um, because I was new, I think they, they decided I need to do something, I needed to do design type work, you know, rather than just doing everyday shopping, Grange Hill, Enders, that sort of thing. Right. They, they They decided that they wanted to try me out. On design shows where things had to be made, had to do drawings, you know that sort of thing. To yeah. See how I would stand up, I suppose. Uh, throw me in the deep
1: end. I mean that, uh, but that really is chucking you in the deep end, isn't it? I mean, you know, when you yeah. think about it, uh, okay, it was comedy, and perhaps the perhaps the BBC were a bit dubious about period costume comedy at that point. I can't really remember, but um, to 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 kind of get that gig, <laughs> a. a straight period show oh yeah amazing yeah.
3: amazing yeah I mean as an assistant I suppose I'd had some kind of experience of it because I did things like Blake seven I don't know if anyone can remember that <laughs> but that that was that was such fun and yeah. I have to say that's one th- when I look back at my career uh, I've been incredibly lucky because I've never been out of work I've always worked never very rarely had holidays and things because I'm I don't know I, I just sort of enjoy it so much yeah. and back in the day it really was fun it wasn't it's it's more like a job now because circumstances have changed mm-hmm. but back in the day you know it was fun. I used to stand in a field with Vic and Bob and the Farshow Boys and think, oh my God,
1: I'm getting paid to they're do this. Paying. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're paying me for this. I mean, I, at, the, at, the, at the start of this, I referred to you as the queen of costume or comedy costume, um, which I only just thought about when we were talking on the phone. But actually, when you look at your IMDb credits, I do not think that there is a, a, a British comedian... <laughs> that you haven't actually worked with. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's amazing if, if you if you look at all of that stuff. And of course, you know, we can talk about David and, and, and Matt in a wee while, but actually starting with Blackadder, Rowan and those guys, and then going on, Fast Show, Ricky Gervais, you know, I Annie, mean, you've worked with all of them.
3: Yeah, and, and I, I, as an assistant, I actually assisted Barbara Kidd on uh, The Young Ones did you so, right. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was her, and that was literally just before I was made up to costume designer uh-huh. so I, I had uh, you know a good relationship with those boys you know and and subsequently rick was captain flashheart in um
1: yes yeah absolutely i mean again it It was was, you know um, there's a constant a constant sort of people revisiting and you know you see ricky gervais appearing in this and then of course he's in extra other people coming in i mean is it is it a fairly sort of a, a closed community i mean these people obviously all like genuinely like one another do you get that sense
3: Yes, yes. Mm. And I think that's why, to start, I mean, I do a lot of drama-based things now. But back at that time, you were only as good as your last job. And therefore, when, like, say, I did The Fast Show, Charlie recommended me, Charlie Higson recommended me to Vic and Bob. So I went from, and Charlie was a producer on... Uh, the Smell of Reeves and Mortimer so I went from The Fast Show onto The Smell of Reeves and Mortimer mm-hmm. because I'd done a good job on The Fast Show you yeah. know so in those days you were only as good as your, as your last job and I suppose that's still the same and therefore your contacts were made through the each production you made so yeah. because I started out on comedy I kind of kept that up because they were the people who asked me to do the next job therefore it was obviously going to be a a comedy-based job, and that's how I met uh, Matt and and David, because yeah. they were extras uh, on the first series of The Smell of Reeves and Mortimer. Yes. They, they used yeah. to do walk-ons and things, and then they they got their own show, which was uh, Rock Profiles. That, that was the precursor to Little Britain. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it, again, just kept working the whole time did yeah. bring up two children I did have a life yes you, you, <laughs> you
1: managed to successfully I mean and, and you're right I don't I think I've actually ever really known you stop working I mean you know you, you you do one you finish one and then a week or a couple of weeks later you're back in but of course yes you've, you've raised two daughters very successfully and very successful daughters so you managed to juggle that one as well yeah um, yeah And the other thing, I mean, Jeremy has actually interviewed Matt, uh, Matt Lucas, and he talks very highly of you and your your skill. And what I wanted to say was that although a lot of your work has been based on comedy, there has always, always been an accuracy and a truth about your costumes. You know, the historical costumes, the Blackadder ones, of course, you know, you and I doing Blackadder Goes Forth. And, and making sure those those uniforms were, yeah. were correct yeah. and, and things like that. So it's it's a clever art, I think you've got, of actually making comedy look straight. If you see what I mean.
3: Yes, yes. Because there's a fine line between it being a, a joke and being real. And I tend to err towards the rea- heightened reality. Yeah. I don't like to go into what we used to call cod. Costume, unless it's required, Mm. unless the script requires a cod costume. But I I tend to do a a little sort of heightened reality. So I I, I take the real thing and then just lift it slightly through colour or decoration or shape, uh, depending again what's required from the script and what, what the writer, stroke director, stroke artist. Want so you're you're working as a as part of a team trying to give everyone to keep everybody happy. But the heightened reality area is somewhere I feel very comfortable. I like that kind of work.
1: Yes, and you know, yeah. and again, Matt, Matt makes the point that sometimes he or he and David will have ideas about the costume, and other times it's your it's your concept that, that comes through. But the, you know, you always give them what they need.
3: Yeah. Well, you have a starting point where they say, "Oh, we, this character, we, we'd like to go in this direction," and then you maybe offer up things that they hadn't thought of, that yeah. you know, they 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 light the spark. And then you come up with ideas that fulfill what's in their they might not know exactly what they want in their mind's eye, but you come up with options and suddenly they go, That's it, that's what I want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you have to you have to come up with the ideas. And for period costume, I tend to I think most designers who are good at what they do, they look at the reference books and then and I used to work for a lovely costume designer when I was an assistant called Janet Tharby. Oh yes. yes. And Janet always used to say look at look do your research, know if all there is to know, then put it away. Put it away. Don't look at it. Use what you've learned. Take the essence of what you've learned and apply that to your designs. Don't just go through a reference book and copy things. Get to the essence of the character and that's what what I do. I that's... tend to look at the reference books, get the knowledge, then put it away, and don't look at it again. Use what use what you've um, seen, and uh, you know, in, in, interpret it in your own way.
1: Yeah, that's
3: very wise. Very wise. Yeah, claimed, and I should I, have claimed that in your
1: own. I would have. <laughs> <laughs> No, maybe maybe we'll but, edit Jenny out. No, no, of course we won't. We won't do
3: but, but that. You do at because, <laughs> but you do because, but you but you do because like when when I went freelance, when I left the beep and one of the f- first things I did when I was freelance was I started doing things like working with Simon Pegg and Nara Park and Edgar Wright and who were incredibly creative, mm. and I was so lucky to sort of meet them through through Matt. Through Matt, actually, yeah. I met Edgar. And then that led to Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. And again, it, all these things are real, but they're quite stylized and it, it, they're almost like cartoon characters brought to life in a real sort of way. It's hard to describe. No, no, but no. I'm no. sure you've seen all those films, yeah. but Edgar, like, like when we did uh, Shaun of the Dead, each character had his own look. And his own colour scheme and his own style, you know. But put them all together, they were like a a wonderful cartoon strip. Yes, brought to life.
1: So yeah. cartoon, but without being ridiculously cartoonish. No, you no know, actually real, yeah, yeah,
3: real people. So, yeah. yeah, so the actors could live through the costume.
1: And that re- that really is important to you, isn't it? I mean, I can I can hear that when you're saying it. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the reality is is it's crucial and yes. I said I said once before you know you you have to know what the rules are before you can break the rules and in this yeah. particular instance <laughs> you know the the, the you you know what costume costume you want but then you could you say heighten the reality and twist it a, a little bit yeah so yeah. when you, when you get a project um and you you rarely stop working but a script drops through the door and you have to decide whether you want it or you don't want it what what interests you about it is it the challenge of the costume
3: well you have to have some sort of challenge yeah or it's just somebody you'd like to work with you know a director you've never worked with before who you'd you like their work and you want to work with them or it's a genre you haven't done before you know like when i did show of the dead i hadn't done horror no or or what's it rom-zom-com i hadn't done a rom-zom-com <laughs> <Yeah>. before <laughs> if you can so, say it you can do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah because when it was really strange because when we did i did the two series of spaced with Edgar mm. and simon and Edgar always said I'm gonna I'm gonna do a zombie film we're writing a zombie film and if we do get, get do this zombie film you'll you'll do the costumes and you know what it's like you think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know think I it's never gonna happen and of course it did and of, there's and that's the other thing Richard when you work with people there is a, a lot of loyalty like I've I've been lucky especially with like Matt and David where they've been loyal like I've I'm still doing david's costumes you know for different things yeah and i think we've worked together for over 20 years now so you know that there is a loyalty that's the other reason that you keep working is because people are loyal and they and they come back to you
1: yes. all the time well as i say so, annie matt talks very very highly about about you and, and your contribution to you know that their, their, their productions which I think is is great and and you're right you know loyalty people are loyalty loyal to you because you're you're coming up with the goods and you're actually you know doing the job
3: yeah and I think as long as you're enjoying the job you will keep going if you can you yeah. know you, 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 that's the other good thing about this job and I'm sure you you find it in your area age doesn't really come into it if you've got energy and you love what you do and you're interested and you offer up ideas people are going to want to work with you no matter how old you are or how young you are you know yeah. if you've got something they can tap into you know you'll keep going yeah so it's con- it's a long career it's not a short career like being a model or areas where you've met- or a footballer you know where you've got a a short time span where you you're in your optimum prime
1: yes yes and you yeah. know you 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 do bring energy to everything you do. I mean, you know, it's, I do. <laughs> I try. Oh, you certainly do that. So you have um, you have a you have a team that you work with, presumably as well. I mean, you know, you're the costume designer, but you have makers, and um, I think Matt mentioned Pat Farmer at one in, in part yeah, of this. Yeah,
3: pa, Pat makes or used to make for matt and david mm. um because she kind of she's very good at drag and body padding and you know again she's good at character larger than life characters and uh yeah so pat for many for decades pat has made many costumes yes. and she's a lovely lady mm.
1: yeah and again Presuming that's down to a trust thing, you know, you can you can yeah. go to go to her, give her a brief, and she'll get it, and you, yeah. and you know that basically, you know, she'll come up with the with with the goods. Yeah,
3: and so, also the actors like, they Martin David they trust Pat implicitly. They know that what she comes up with is exactly what they want. You mm-hmm. know, and and yeah. So it's quite, you know, it's all, it's all based on trust, isn't it?
1: It is really, Annie, yes, yes. I mean, going back to those BBC days, again, you said this, you know, it was an incredible training ground, wasn't it? That um, mm, Very much so. Kick you straight in as an assistant and and, and kind of then let you get on with it and, and encourage you. And yeah. one, one of the things we're trying to do with this is, because that that whole thing has gone now, um, it is important yeah. that people coming into the the business get trained and learn the right the right the right things to do and the rules. Um, yeah. You presumably do take on interns and, and and assistants and and bring them on.
3: Yeah, we always do. Mm. To be honest, we couldn't function without our trainees. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just round out the team, especially for the supervisor on the truck. You know the, the, the trainees like the right-hand person. And on Cobra, I had a lovely trainee called Annie Stenhouse, and we were up in Manchester all the time. So I was travelling. Cobra uh, came out end of end of last year actually, beginning yes. of this year I think, and yeah. it starred Robert Carlyle and Victoria Hamilton. But because most of the actors actually lived in London, I was up and down on the train so we were based in manchester it was all filmed in manchester but i was up and down on the train all the time and annie was like my right hand person she was like my assistant and she was wonderful Mm. really really good and thorough and you don't realize you you, you're trying to train people who like her who who grasp it really quickly you're trying to train them up in the right way to do things in a, a good manner not in a Not to pick up bad habits, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what what I try try not to let them fall into bad habits. So there are some people who adapt to uh, the work because you have to think on your feet. You know what the job's like. You have to think on your feet problem solving you'll get a phone call you're doing one thing you have to do ten other things before you do that one thing so you've got to not run around like a headless chicken you know you've got yeah, to right. pri- prioritise and because I come from a sketch show background you learn how to prioritise because you've got such little prep time that unless you prioritise you don't know you, there's no way you're going to go get through the volume of work that you've got to, to do and all the deadlines that you've got to fulfil yeah so, yeah, you've you've just got to have that kind of brain where you can switch off and order your mind to focus on what needs, needs to be done. And, of course, now, I don't know how COVID's going to... People haven't started going back to work yet, though it's imminent. Yeah. Um, but it's going to slow productions down. You know, we're not going to be able to suddenly grab something and stick it on an actor, and that will have to do, you know, because we've got to think about... Health and safety and all the rest of it. So, I think prep time is probably going to have to be much longer yeah. than we're used to. Back in the day, prep time was a lot longer than we have now.
1: Well, I was going to say to you, you know, in in, in some ways, um, you know, perhaps a step back and a little bit more prep time is no bad thing because, uh, no, as you say, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how long you had to prep. Let's say um, Blackadder goes forth, but I mean, I'd say there were probably about at least eight weeks from no. from us. Longer than mm. that? Yeah. No, it was a month. A month. Was it only a month? It was a month. Good yeah. Lord.
3: All my black adders, we had four weeks. Even the Elizabethan one, that was a nightmare.
1: I bet it was. I bet <laughs> trying it was. to do that. I really must talk in... to you about the, the, the snake and the dagger embroidery at some point, because that's, oh, yeah. that's got to be yeah. like one of the most iconic things ever, isn't it? You know, in costume. Yeah. It's great. How long did that take to get done then?
3: That was uh, uh, through the School of Needle. Ah, Needlecraft, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Um,
3: and it was a lovely old lady who must have been in her eighties. She she did some work on. So not that
1: old then, Annie. (laughs) No, no. She
3: did some. She did a lot of work on Queenie's dresses. She embellished. Old bedspreads and right, things to make yeah. them look look wonderful in three D, um, and she um, gave me the contact details of a, a lovely lady from the School of Needlework, the Royal School of Needlework, and she she made the the daggers. Mm. She did a brilliant job. She did indeed, actually. amazing, yeah,
1: absolutely amazing. So there was only so there was only actually a month from you coming in to say we're doing a First World War one and we've got these characters and we want to make yes. these. good God. I know. Yeah.
3: I don't know, because you made, you made the costume for uh, Stephen. In fact, you made all of we the made costumes. All, we made all of them. Yeah, yeah. Baldrick.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 Romans, every, every, well, I, I, Baldrick's, I think maybe maybe I just gave you one and you took a cheese grater to it. My, <laughs> or several lovely, cheese graters. <laughs> interestingly,
3: my lovely um, friend, my fellow costume designer friend, Sheena Napier, mm. she actually knitted Baldrick's scarf. Did she? <laughs> <laughs> We'd commissioned... I'd commissioned a friend of hers to knit it and was let down by that person. Mm. So she now ended up knitting it herself. (laughs) So, yeah. But, yeah, we had not that much time because it was seen as a sitcom. It wasn't seen as a period piece at that time. You know, it's it's a sitcom. It'd be fine. You can do it in four weeks. That'd be great. Thank you. (laughs) So you just did it. You had to do it. Mm. And it's like that now. You know, you never have enough time prep time. I think we also had the luxury in those days where budgets, when you worked at the B, budgets didn't really come into it
1: No, no indeed Taxes whereas to pick now up a it's pack all of about the and, um, Yeah. Yes. I mean
3: something like that now you wouldn't make, you would just hire you'd just yeah. come to you and, and hire the costumes, right. hire the uniforms whereas we, we were lucky in those days, we could have things made to measure Yes, yeah.
1: and 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 actually, we custom we custom made every single one of those. They were all slightly different, yeah. and they were all yeah. given a little were, bit of it. Yeah, was,
3: and some of it again. We were talking about heightened reality. Remember, we we accentuated the jodhpurs on Percy. Yeah, you yeah. know, we or oh, sorry, darling, you know, we yeah. we accentuated the shape of um, Captain Elchett's uniform and all yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. You know, it's very subtle. But it was there, and that that added, although the viewer wouldn't notice, you know, it it added to the character. Yeah,
1: and it made made the boys feel kind of like slightly special as well, because you were explain, I mean, in the fittings, you know, we were explaining. You were explaining what we were doing and why we were doing it and why he'd got medals from this particular campaign and various other things. And all of that, again, it's your, your attention to detail Know the rules before you bend the rules or break yeah. the rules. Is is yeah. is the case?
2: It um,
3: is. I mean, that also works. And because when I did the film Eddie the Eagle, yes. that was really tough because we had to recreate the Olympics, you know, from the eighties, <laughs> yeah. and it, you know, and just skiing. Every every skier on that film had to have every stunt skier had to have so many ski suits because they can only there's a limited time that they can wear them they can only wear each ski suit i think up to three times and then they had to have a new one because of the aerodynamics and there's only one person in the whole of europe who actually makes those ski suits so that was a bit of a logistical nightmare but you know we got there and it looked great and colourful and stylish and the same with Blinded by the Light you know, we came to you and we were doing the 80s which is a period that I love so yeah yeah. and luckily you've got Good stock. <laughs>
1: yes, I mean back, back on back on Eddie the Eagle. You're right because not only I mean there's the making side, all of those things you had to do for the teams and the individual jumpers yeah. and all that stuff. But I also yeah. remember us having these these conversations about the crowd, the very colour of the of the, the, yeah. the ski wear and the warm weather wear that the the crowd were wearing is is different to, to yeah. what you get today. Yeah. And trying to match all of that in was was was
3: completely different. it's much yeah. brighter yeah. and um, well you know the shapes were different Mm. so yeah Yeah. it was a big big job and an interesting job
1: it worked though you were happy with it yeah
3: yeah i was yeah yeah definitely one
1: of those questions that nobody likes what's the favorite thing that you've worked on so far annie (laughs) oh my god it changes well that's fine mean, because you can say all of them. I mean this isn't desert island well, discs, you know, you don't have well, to choose
3: one. <laughs> it probably it's the variety. Because yeah. Because I've been lucky that I've had such a huge, huge variety over the decades.
1: Mm.
3: You know, and that's what keep that's what keeps you interested. That that's what keeps it fun. And also, even though you've been working in the industry for many years, you still every time you do a project you still have problems to solve that you haven't come up against before. You know, there's always a new problem that you thought, oh, God, I haven't had to do this before. You know, and that's what keeps it interesting and keeps it exciting. And it's nice to vary your uh, projects, you know, like Mm. period one time and then do a really ultra-modern one, then do something with dancers. And, And I'm lucky that I've been able to do all of that. I haven't just stuck to one genre I've been able to do everything
1: yeah 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 I mean again yes you're right you know perhaps I was slightly unkind about the queen of comedy costume you've done an awful lot of that stuff and I think that's an amazing body of work you know and and comics notoriously I remember when I first started fitting various comics and they weren't being funny and I was thinking well, <laughs> you know, well they're not being paid to be funny while they're, while no. they're standing there having a, having a uniform put on them. but um, you obviously have a, a, a great rapport with no end of these and as I say it's the cream of Brit- certainly British comedy um, yeah
3: you know, I you know, mean most comedians are quite quiet yes. you know they like their own space yeah. you know they like to, and they're quite thoughtful about mm. the characters so they like you to give them space to think not to expect them to perform because yeah. that's the last thing you yeah. want to do, yeah. but also to to be on the wavelength and have fun. You know, when the appropriate time.
1: So if if somebody listening to this thinks, my God, I'd love to I'd love to work with these people, and I'd love to I'd love to be the next designer of a Blackadder show or whatever. What piece of advice do you think? is the best one to give somebody.
3: Oh, God. Just keep an open. I mean, Janet Thalby's advice. Well, produces. exactly, yeah. And, and also to keep an open mind. Be receptive to pe- the people you're working with and use your intuition. I've always been a very intuitive design. I'm an intuitive person, therefore I use yeah. that intuition in, in my work where where you're you're creating a character and it's how it feels, how you feel about that character and also how the actor feels when he puts that costume on. If he doesn't feel right, obviously you have to start again or you have to go in a slightly different direction. You can't force your work onto people. So it's a kind of, as I said before, it's a team effort.
1: Mm. I mean, there were. I think. I think we could probably name them, but we weren't. There were certain grand dames of the BBC that would, would just kind of almost steamroller over people. I don't care whether you like this, Robert Hardy. You're wearing it.
3: Yeah. I, don't, I don't. think you'd last very long now if you behaved no. like that. Actually, you ha- You have. No. You know. You have to be a team player. You have to listen yeah. to people. You have to uh, work with people rather than yeah. against them. Same with any job, you have to be part of a team now.
1: Well, it's been it's been a great time talking to you. Um, despite the sort of hiccup at the beginning, when we couldn't <laughs> even when we couldn't even connect. But um, but thank you so much for your time. Well, thank and, uh, you, Richard. Really, thank uh, you for really asking me. Enjoy. been a pleasure very welcome and um i will see you because you never stop working as soon as as soon as we can all start working again
3: well actually i've got got a new project i need to come and talk to you about (laughs) Um, how many times have you heard me say that
1: over the years (laughs) eh (laughs) yeah but you you know you're always welcome and in the meantime get back to that allotment yes um, and you take care of yourself all right
0: and you richard thank you
3: thanks very much and you take
1: care bye bye bye
0: that was richard's conversation with with annie that was a fascinating trip and i think what again as i said at the beginning every time you suddenly remembered something richard it was another tv program We're like oh was that annie too okay
1: well I, I i know i mean i was i was i was flicking through it you know the mighty bush mitchell and Webb, look little britain of course but you it, know extras this it's just like it goes on forever doesn't it
2: it's as if you it's as if all, all independent comedy writers, producers sit round a table and they cherry-pick the best practitioners and uh, artists to work and it's like always, right, we'll go for Annie, we'll get Annie. I'm, yeah. I, I, wonder, I wonder if a job that has happened that Annie hasn't done is because she wasn't available. That's possible. The yeah. other thing which I've got from that, aside from all of that, is she
0: is right when she says it. She does do very different styles and themes the horrors the modern day the contemporary the period it's not a comedy might be the thing that runs through it all but it, they're all different periods and different genres which is mm. another thing that's impressive i i really enjoyed it richard i really i really did and that's um that's great
2: yeah very interesting yeah
0: the yeah. next interview that we are going to be releasing is jonathan's interview with rob jones
2: back to theater land
0: back to theater land indeed and um a designer again i will probably say that richard and i don't work
2: with so no i'm looking forward to hearing well, this one rob's been around quite a while he's a highly successful theatre designer that means you know combines set and costume largely but increasingly because he's so busy tends to segue away from costume and i had an amazing opportunity of working with him Last year on a production of Fiddler on the Roof, and having known him for many years as a as a as a customer at Angels, and also seeing his work on stage, um, it was sort of a pleasure to have the opportunity of sort of seeing how he functions with his teams firsthand, and then um, how. The, the, the relationship work between the two of us.
0: Um, I have a question with the, with all of this. And we have designers that we've spoken to, um, that you've spoken to, and uh, one I've spoken to, who actually, they do do both, but they seem to enjoy more doing costume, and that's where they've sort of been leaning more recently. Mm. Um, are there designers out there that, that do do both, and actually it goes the other way, and actually they think, I don't really want to do the costume anymore, and they become much more ingrained in the, the set world? Or is it mostly normally the other way does that make sense
2: um, there's there is often mm. i think they would always say that they love both because mm. that's the reason why they came into the profession in the first place but there's no question that the process of costume design is is much more is a much longer process than the the process of set design
1: is it, is it? I suppose it is, but I mean, I'm thinking the actual construction, the physical construction.
2: That's uh, done by somebody else. I, I, I know that costume making is done by somebody else, but the actual psychology of, and process of working with performers uh, hmm. throughout the rehearsal process, depending on the size of the production and the budget. I would say that then to do costume makes the job very complex. Right. It's
0: just it's, it's just fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating to me because you don't ever get that many other departments, with the exception of hair and makeup, when you sometimes get people who do both. and it, it, Well, they do do both. There aren't many other departments that double up in that sense, like costume and set design. So it's just... It's very interesting that those two have all, that those two in theatre have been not fought. Yeah, together, because
1: sound s- sound would be one department and lighting would be another. But well, I suppose it's Jonathan, design, it, it comes into
2: the context, yeah. It comes into yeah. the category of design, and and of of course this is all completely separate to the mediums of film and television
0: yeah it's just an yeah. interesting thought i had. I just wondered as i said we've heard people go the other way like gabby i think gabby's been concentrating more on costume recently than 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 uh sets. and some of the other people we've spoken to had the same thing, so I just wondered if it worked the other way and
1: um, so, no, thank you. And I suppose it's easier with set because until you get to the stage, until you get to the point where um, where stage left turned around and says, "Well, I don't like this backdrop <laughs> because it makes my makes my curtain look big," then <laughs> um, you you are dealing with inanimate objects that don't have a have a have an opinion about yeah, what they yeah,
2: what they should be looking the, like. The, the the skill of you know of architecture is not the same as working with form. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah. My, my, my stage is too raked for me to take this chair. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well,
0: here is a small sample of Jonathan's conversation with Rob Jones.
4: The thing I enjoy about my work and collaborating with directors is I, I, I feel when we're designing productions and you ultimately, you know, for an audience, an auditorium, for me, I think the audience needs to really understand where they are. And as soon as the audience understand the world they're in, they feel comfortable. They then sort of almost lean in to watch and they're not worried. If the audience spends the first 15 to 20 minutes thinking, where am I? I don't quite understand this. Uh, Who's that person? What's that? You've lost them. And they don't listen to what anyone's saying. And it can be as clear as you like on stage. The actors could be, have... complete clarity and telling the story but the audience aren't actually listening because they they're trying to work out where they are and I think that's one of the things I most enjoy about our world is saying to an audience come with us this is the world we're in we're going to take you on this journey and this is a story we're going to tell and they, they will be with you every second of the way and to that N, you can do a completely empty stage, but if the floor is right and a piece of furniture and a light fitting, the clothes vital and a few props, they will fill in all of those gaps.